So anyway, welcome to the show. Mr. Announcer. In the little white house in Wales. 
opening of two different shows that I linked together there. The first one was the opening for On the Town. Just love it. And uh, you, right at the point where it crashes into the song New York, New York, I cut to the opening number from Trouble in Tahiti, which was a kind of mini opera that Bernstein did in 1952, I think. And you can hear uh, some of West Side Story prefigured there you know um, that vocal bit there was inspired by radio jingle singers and I don't know if you noticed but suburbia it's New York New York yeah which is a great idea especially for then the only problem with it and that piece is and it's not really a problem but it's just a sensibility that uh, jars me a little bit Leonard is sneering at suburbia pretty much and everything considered suburban and that's an elitist thing that carries on and resurfaces perennially the show is about a uh, you know the, the ruptures within a marriage and uh, the falsity of the suburban dream and that theme crops up in blue velvet by david lynch you know it it comes up in things like uh, pleasantville uh, it's just it recurs all over the place because it's Every, every young person thinks they've discovered the idea that uh, the, the I- idyllic American life is not necessarily always idyllic. Duh. 
I guess it's better to be, you know, bohemian or or really wealthy and celebrated, I guess. Anyway, how'd you like that opening we did? Funny, funny opening, that Mr. Announcer bit. I, I like to inject some humor into the show. I think it's a, it has a kind of a warmth, the quality of warmth to this show. Speaking of this show... I'm looking for a new home. Um, we've been talking about this in past shows, and I'm talking to a few people about some options, and they will be discussed more soon. Each one will have probably its restrictions and obligations that I'm not used to, which kind of sucks, but that's how it is when you link up with other people's stuff. You know, they have schedules and they have uh, formats, and, you know, you, you have to conform a little bit. And, man, you know, you know me... I'm no conformist, Jack. Dad. Dad. Jack's, Jack's dad. Anyway, more on that to come. And today, I think I'm probably going to do the raffle thing. That's right. <laughs> Try and contain your excitement. You know what I'm talking about. I did these um, little sculpture things, these souvenirs, and I was going to give them away in a raffle on the Patreon. But uh, then Patreon told me I couldn't do raffles. <laughs> You know, oh no, can't do rap. So, like, so I'm going to do something here on um, this show because there's no such rule here. I think we'll find out, and um, maybe I'll do them later. I'll explain them to you in a bit. But let's get back to some music. Middle of the road. What do these words really mean? Straddling the center of the musical band, middle of the road takes in just about everything. A typical M.O.R. station can be pop, pop contemporary, pop standard, pop talk, or a mixture of all these things. Pop, pop, slightly schizophrenic, atypical. But pop, 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 pop. Put a little sun into your cup, and wow, you've got pop and pop. Pop, pop, pop. Light up your day, come alive with pop. It's pop and pop
Changing your personality is as easy as one, two, three. One, two, three.
Peter, Paul, and Mary from 1968, an album called Late Again, and that song Moments of Soft Persuasion. That ain't one you hear every day. I don't know. I thought you might want to hear it. I wanted to hear it, and that's why we heard it. Peter Yarrow wrote it, and that's why it exists. Prior to that, a French delight from the early 2000s, maybe 2001 or so. It was Fugu, Monocorde, Monocord by Fugu. Before that, it was Gong, very well-known track. Witch's song, I Am Your Pussy, from the Flying Teapot trilogy there. And you heard a Carpenter's jingle for Suntory over in Japan. I give Karen a lot of credit for singing that lyric, which makes uh, you know very little sense to our ears. Real Japanglish, as they call it. But it sounds great, and she always sounds great. And I don't think she gets enough credit for being a drummer. Everybody knows she's a great singer, was a great singer, but she could drum. And I, I'm telling you, I think, you know, if you if you got a band, and even if it's mostly dudes, but if you have a woman on the drums, you got it. It's, it's going to work. Sure, I'll give you a couple of examples. Velvet Underground, pretty good. The Honeycombs, pretty damn good. There's others, I'm not going to belabor the point. But, you know, fire that dude. Put a gal on the throne. You'll be glad you did. <sighs> hey, uh, you want to hear one of the great ones? Man, I'm going to play one. This, this is one of the great ones, man. It's out of Detroit, 1954, I think. Covered by a lot of people, including Laura Nero. My beloved Laura Nero, but this is the one, man. Nolan Strong and the Diablos. With the wind.
Thank you.
remember when life was slow and oh so mellow. Try to remember the kind of September when grass was green and grain was yellow. Try to remember the kind of September when you were a tender and callow fellow. Try to remember, and if you remember, then follow. song maybe but it is worth trying to remember sweet things I think it gets more and more important as you get on in life and um, this week is one of those times for me that there's a lot that I'd like to forget and there's a lot that I have to really work to remember and I guess I don't really want to get too into that but it's a tough date for me Um, that's Jerry Orbach from the original cast of The Fantastics. And if it's corny, tough. I think it's beautiful. Try to remember. Tom Jones and Harvey Schmidt. Before that, uh, this and this is an example of the kind of um, stone-skipping quality of a lot of these shows that I do. I'll be listening to something, and then the next thing just suggests itself, uh, sometimes sonically, sometimes thematically. It can go any direction, as we've heard <laughs> from listening to this series. Um, so the piece before that came to mind from the piece before. Uh, the first piece was uh, Nolan Strong and the Diablos with a doo-wop all-time classic, The Wind. Very mysterious, powerful record. I just think it's exquisite. And even though it sounds crappy, I don't know, it all adds to it. There's nothing There's nothing that can harm it. It's ironclad, it's magic. 
And for some reason, that put me in mind of this this quartet for brass by Emma Lou Deemer. You've heard her before. I talked about her, got onto her because of arrangements she did for the DePower Chorus. And this was part of a longer piece for chamber brass that I just took that excerpt from. I, as always, recommend that you seek out the full versions of some of these things. I have a great respect for Emma Lou Deemer's work. Now I uh, do feel somewhat behoven to arrest the melancholy strain that seems to be overtaking me here. So I'm going to move right into another set, and I'm going to start one that I'm going to dedicate to, uh, well, the latest batch of people who've unfriended me or ghosted me in these contentious times. To them I send this love song from Alberto y los Trios Paranoias. Okay, okay, that's an edit, and it's uh, also kind of sophomoric, okay. But I will play this. It's a song by a wonderful, wonderful guy. And I, uh, you know, I, I drop these names, and I hate, you know, how that must seem. But uh, this this person, um, Paul Williams, really uh, was kind to me and uh, made a true difference in my life. Anyway, he wrote this song, and uh, I love the conceit of the chorus. Uh, just haven't got what it takes to put up with you. And that's pretty apropos these days in a lot of people, a lot of situations. So, uh, Paul Williams from his Someday Man album. Don't think I haven't noticed you, girl Cause I noticed you right away Think I haven't been listening, girl Cause I hear every word you say Yes, I'd like to hang around But I'll have to let you down I just haven't got what it takes To put up with you your looks, cause I think that you look just fine, and don't think I haven't considered you girl, or the fact that you could be mine, yes I'd like to hang around, but I'll have to let you down, I just haven't got what it takes. Put up with you There's really nothing to gain I won't be a part of your chain Of broken Put up with you 
from the year of our Lord, 1940 and 1. That's Claude Thornhill and his orchestra doing his evocative composition, Snowfall. Beautiful record. And that was preceded by Black Sabbath. Yes, Black Sabbath from Never Say Die. That was the original lineup's last album. That was a fairly uncharacteristic piece called Air Dance. And then we started with Paul Williams on To Put Up With You. This song was kind of a uh, hot potato. It was recorded by a lot of different people and it never really made the charts. I don't think it may have made the lower reaches of the charts in some version or in some specific chart. I don't know, like uh, the Groovy Square chart. And it is a kind of a masterpiece of uh, Groovy Square as well as Sunshine Pop as well as Middle of the Road, depending on who's doing it. I know the Sandpipers did it as the B-side of their great, great Come Saturday Morning record. And um, Paul Williams did it twice, the version you heard there from his 1970 album, Someday Man. And earlier, 1967, with his band The Holy Mackerel that he had with his brother, Mentor, who is the guy who wrote Drift Away. Um, but it was also recorded by a band called The Sunshine Company, which is no surprise they did Sunshine Pop. The American Breed, who had a hit with the song Bend Me, Shape Me, did a great version of it. Almost every version of it is good, and they're all very similar, actually, most of them. In the obscure Groovy Square Stakes, a duo named Guy and David did a pretty credible version of it. But I'll tell you, this Groovy Square thing, once I uh, coined a phrase and uh, kind of brought that genre to the world's attention, you're welcome. It's really been a kind of a sensation. I've been getting congratulatory telegrams left and right. The phone is ringing right off the hook. Just amazing. So thank you all for your support. If you're not a member of the Patreon, then you missed my tutorial on Groovy Square. It's still there, so it's anytime you join, you'll be able to hear that. Now, as I suggested before, I'm currently talking to a few different people about taking Buckaroo Holiday to a more established online radio station type thing. It would put it on a regular schedule. It would keep it to a strict time format. I hope that's all that would be changed, but I may be forced to do that because I just don't want to do all this work and then have it yanked permanently, you know, for copyright issues. And I also may do, um, in lieu of that, my shows on the Patreon strictly. So the listenership will be greatly reduced, but at least... I can do it the way I like to do it on the schedule that pleases me. And if you want to join the Patreon, you can do it for a dollar. All right. I'm not pushing it, but if you want to be part of that, it doesn't matter how much you contribute. Those of you already part of it will be part of the giveaway, which is about to happen in just a couple of minutes. In the meantime, here's Deepika.
where have you gone without me? I thought you cared about me. Where are you? Where's my heart? Where is the dream we started? I can't believe we parted. Yeah. 
that's my friend Ralph Scala with his band the Blues Magoos from their album Basic Blues Magoos. Yeah, I know. As I said, I don't like this doing his name dropping thing. I'm just excited to know people like this. You know, it's just it's just cool. It's just really fun um, to. I mean, this guy Ralph, he's a great guy, but he's also. Uh, a guy that Sid Barrett claimed as an influence on him. Can you imagine? I told him that. He didn't even know that. But you ought to listen to their version of uh, John D. Loudermilk's Tobacco Road, which everybody's done, but nobody did better than the Blues Magoos. And you'll see where Pink Floyd got a lot of its sound. Now, I'm, But mind you, I'm not one to uh, go for this, like, trying to vindicate people because of who they influenced. Uh, on their own merits, Blues Magoos were great. I hate that kind of shit, you know. Mildred Bailey influenced Madonna. Big fucking deal, right? And you heard Mildred Bailey doing that great Irving Berlin song, Where Are You? Usually taken as a dolorous ballad, but they're kind of peppy. Well, that's, you know, it's, it's my Mildred. She was married to Red Norvo, pretty great artist in his own right. And I think I'm going to play Dance of the Octopus at some point, because you, you ought to hear that if you haven't great vibraphone player and the first thing was Deepika and she's a Pakistani immigrant in Norway who was performing up there and cut that for an album called The Sweet Sunny North which was put together by David Lindley and Henry Kaiser in an effort to spotlight a lot of artists and forms that they came upon in Norway Norway is, is the best I'm telling you and among the riches on that album was, was this track by Deepika. And I was in a uh, specialty grocery store one time trying to buy some garam masala. And I'm looking at a little collection of CDs on the shelf, and I see a CD by her, and I'm like, whoa, Deepika. And the guy behind the counter was very excited that I knew who she was because he was a big fan. And uh, I picked up that CD, and it's much more uh, traditional, what you'd expect from a Pakistani artist, but just as great, you know, and the singing is wonderful. The song was called Names. Judy Durham, the star of The Seekers, says this about natural wonder. Natural wonder's wonderful, especially the new cake makeup. It's the greatest for coverage, lasts for hours. And for emergencies, there's natural wonder blemish stick to hide trouble spots. And it's medicated too. Wonder, wonder, get red lungs, natural wonder. How pretty can you get? If you're a Seekers fan, you could win an exciting flying holiday to Fiji for two. All you have to do is enter Revlon's Natural Wonder Seekers Contest. Pick up an entry form from your nearest Revlon pharmacy or department store and answer a simple question about the Seekers. Post it to the station you're listening to now. So hurry, get your entry form for the Revlon Natural Wonder Seekers Contest today. No, 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 no. You know, you know, this is the thing. See, in those days, look what they put you through, right? You wanted to win a trip to Fiji. All right, it's a little, it's something, ain't nothing. You know, let's face it, it's a trip to Fiji. But um, today, like right now, what I'm doing, uh, you don't have to fill out anything or visit anywhere or answer any questions. Because if you're a member of the Patreon, then you're in this already. I couldn't do it on the Patreon. I'm not trying to taunt anybody here who's not a member of that. I'm not trying to rub it in your face or nothing. It's not some kind of a come on to get you to pitch in a measly dollar every month like it would kill you or something. But no, I'm not doing that. And I'd like to keep this on the Patreon for those people who want to get involved in that. But they won't let me do it over there. There's some bylaw. I don't know. So I got to do it here. So here's what I have in mind. 
when I was planning the Patreon contest, raffle, whatever you want to call it, my wife, Shelly, kindly bought me a vintage Hasbro family fun bingo game. It features, it says right here in the box, it features a giant revolving bingo cage. You know, and it's full of little balls. And you turn the crank, and then there's a little... Well, I didn't know what you'd call it, a little valve on the bottom where a ball falls out. And uh, that has the number, you know, B22 or whatever, you know. So that tells you, you know, that's saying you play the bingo and you fill in the cards and all that. It's, it's a fun family game. So I'm going to use that. For this, I'm going to assign certain balls to my, to my contributors. Like you over there, you get the left ball. You no, 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 no. Sorry. Sometimes you see a, uh, a juvenile joke coming down the pike. You know, it's coming straight at you, and you, you just have to either dodge it or you just stand there and take your medicine. You know, do your worst juvenile joke. I can, I can handle you. All right, here's what we're doing. I, I had produced three pieces of art. I call them souvenirs. They're Buckaroo Holiday souvenirs. They were depicted on Facebook and on the Patreon page. And they're lovely. They're lovely small pieces. They'd be a lovely home accent. Not too large, but not itsy either. These are not, uh, you know, just the baubles. These are works of art. And I was going to do one, but then I said, you know, for the inaugural thing, I should do several, you know. But let me be frank with you. Everybody who's in the Patreon is going to wind up with a gift at some point because I'm just going to do these giveaways until everybody gets them. And then I'll start a new series of them. I'll just keep giving them away because uh, I like doing these things and I like the Patreon people. So it's uh, anybody who's contributed to the Patreon already is going to get an item of marked value above what you've already contributed or will for several months. If I, if I was going to try to sell these things like as an art guy... You think I'd forget it? You couldn't. Not only are these things handmade works of art, precious, one of a kind handmade works of art, but each one incorporates a vintage toy. I shit you not. These are uh, little Marx figures or whatever like that. But I've, you know, worked up these things. I've used them as a component. Uh, of, of these beautiful souvenirs so even in that alone you're talking value so uh, I'm not trying to sell this because uh, there's nothing to sell you're, you, if you're in the Patreon you're already in this and you're going to either win it now or not so I'm going to proceed to the first part of this contest now the first one I'm going to call the first one Mary and her lamb it's not really Mary and her lamb, but yeah, I'm looking at it now, and that's what would come to mind, I guess. The background is based on a paint-by-numbers landscape, which I've rendered into a postcard form. And we have this beautiful uh, diorama before that with the uh, lamb, or sheep, if you prefer, and uh, this little girl. Gorgeously hand-painted by yours truly, and uh, constructed with loving care and painstaking attention to detail. So this one is for Mary and the Lamb. Okay, so I've I've assigned the bingo balls each to a member of the Patreon. And just for those of you who are curious, there are very few amusing assignations of numbers. B12, which is like a vitamin. Well, Rich B wound up with that one and 
B3, which is like a Hammond organ. Rochelle R ended up with that number. The rest of them, I don't know. I don't see any that are even that amusing among the rest. Okay. I'm going to take pictures of this so you can see what this process looked like. I'm not going to like live stream it or anything. Okay, it's locked. Balls are in place. Place your bets. Place your bets. No more bets. No more bets. It has nothing to do with this, but I felt like saying that. <laughs> okay. Round and round she goes. Where she stops. Nobody knows. And we have a winner. Bingo! I repeat, we have a winner. G47. G47. Why do I repeat it like that? It means nothing to you. G47. By Cracky, I consult the list and I see here that Joe Beale is a winner. Joseph Beale. Anyway, congratulations, Joe. You will be the premier recipient of a Buckaroo Holiday souvenir. And we'll do another one of these later in the show. But now, back to the music. Manchmal war ich schon ganz glücklich, manchmal war ich ganz schön froh. Doch an all die Kneipenqualen auf dem Sorgenbrecherklo konnte ich mich nicht gewöhnen. Nein, das fand ich gar nicht gut. Und nach all den vielen Jahren nahm es mir den Lebensmut. Manchmal war ich schon ganz sportlich, manchmal sah ich sehr gut aus. Doch die Angst vor all den Viren brachte mich ins Krankenhaus. Diese vielen fremden Frauen, all die Biere, jeder Kuss. Haben mich fast umgehauen, doch damit ist endlich Schluss. Sie steht genau und ich bleibe liegen. Sie nimmt das in Kauf, nicht wie die anderen Ziegen. Ich hab sie sogar und singe ihre Lieder. Sie macht keinen Lärm und das finde ich gut. Ich hab sie 
so good. <laughs> Bye, Mia. <laughs>
That's the Irish band Stiff Little Fingers, who are, uh, to me, The Clash. The way most people feel about The Clash, I feel about Stiff Little Fingers. They were just a great, great punk band. Um, and, you know, I don't buy their politics, and that song to me is, you know, it's callow is a kind word, you know. Uh, There's always someone better off than you. Well, imagine that. And I, but it's earnest, it's passionate. And uh, at least they were making great records instead of bothering people at restaurants. And I have Lane Steinberg to thank for introducing me to the composer you heard before that. My friend Lane Steinberg, I gotta tell you about him sometime. He's an incredible musician involved in a bewildering number of projects. And a notable thing that he's doing right now is that he's been kind of reviving the career of the Mighty Sparrow, the Calypso Titan, and has a new album with Mighty Sparrow. Yeah, maybe I'll play that. If not tonight, then next time. But Lane has done all kinds of stuff, and he's into all kinds of incredible music, and he's brilliant. And he turned me on to Caroline Shaw, or Carolyn Shaw. I'm not sure how you pronounce the name. Shaw, S-H-A-W. She's a contemporary composer. And um, again, one of these people that's consonant, sort of, um, experimental, sort of. I don't really know what her theoretical grounding is in music because I don't think about music that way, but it sounds fresh to me. It sounds like something that's uh, more alive than a lot of concert music has sounded in a long time to me. It doesn't owe anything to movements and styles that I've personally been really tired of confronting 
that was one movement the saraband from her partita for eight singers she does all sorts of chamber stuff and works up stuff for all sorts of different ensembles you never know what to expect from her it's really quality music listen to caroline Shaw. i will play more of her stuff in the future i guarantee that and the first thing you heard after our little contest results happened there, you heard something by a band called Saal 2, S-A-A-L, number two. They're from Hamburg. I don't know if they're still in Hamburg. That goes back a little bit, that track. It was from a compilation CD that I had called Sturm und Drang. Sturm und Drang. How's that? I don't know. Uh, which is old German um, new music from about 20 or so years ago. Uh, most of which, like most compilations, you forget about uh, that track. Stood out. It's uh, got humor. It's got melody. It's got verve. It's got that certain... Ow. Say, when was the last time you spent any time with the five stair steps?
Solomon Burke. You know about Solomon Burke. I don't have to tell you about him. Giant of soul music. And one of his tightest records. Arranged, I think, by Klaus Ogerman, who uh, worked with Sinatra and worked with uh, Quincy Jones on those great Leslie Gore records. Composed his own stuff for soundtracks and concert pieces and all. And Klaus Ogerman. Badass. So Solomon Burke gave us Cry to Me. And then before that, a relatively obscure singer-songwriter. Least ways as much as I know. I don't know everything. His name is Jim Spencer. Record from 1974 called Lament. I like that. I think it's uh, an unorthodox kind of a construction. A sincere and melodically convincing and appealing work of songcraft. Thank you. Thank you. We started with the five stair steps, the original family act. These guys were uh, kicking around for a long time in the soul world until they broke through to the mainstream charts with uh, Ooh Child, Things Are Gonna Be Easier. One of the most beautifully comforting records ever cut, I think. But uh, just some sweet innocence there, just irresistible. The five stair steps. With one of those songs, you know, about uh, solitude. Um, on the Groovy Square show, we talked about that song in my, uh, when I closed the door, right? The happenings, right? Brian Wilson in my room, you know, that kind of thing. Getting all alone by yourself, getting in touch <laughs> with what really matters to you. That world of fantasy. We all, we all know that world. Oh, Christ. All right, I've been drinking.
There was a YouTuber named Carrie R. Meltz, M-E-L-T-Z, doing a synthesized version of Warlock's Capriol Suite, the first movement from that beautiful piece of uh, string music by a composer I talked about recently, great British composer, well, a great and notable British composer, Peter Warlock. Not prolific enough, maybe, to be called great. I think his stuff's great, though. So what do you, what do you make of that? Food for thought. Think about it. Hmm? Another track we heard. Mm. A piece from an album from 1968 called The Wozard of Is, an electronic odyssey. That's by Mort Garson, who's kind of a legend in electronic music. And I don't have time to get into Mort Garson. He did a lot of pretty notable early kind of interfaces between the avant-garde and pop music in terms of electronic music synthesizers and all that and this was a parody or or takeoff or interpretation whatever you want to call it of the wizard of oz bernie krause was involved heavily in it and the singer there was Susie jane hokum who also worked with lee hazelwood among others so it's a sort of an appealingly downbeat, pessimistic thing. We'll we'll go for that. We know where that's at, don't we? Come on, Pete. Come on. And the first piece was uh, Don Ellis from the uh, soundtrack of The French Connection. There's some great stuff in that soundtrack. 
and that was called Frog in Room. And if you've ever been in the room with a Frenchman, I don't mean for a couple of minutes, I mean like overnight, you know, staying there, you know what I'm saying. Okay, now this. Time now for another giveaway. That's right. We have another one of these souvenirs. Uh, well, boy, look at this. God, it's a piece of work. What am I going to call this one? I'm going to call this one Mountain Greenery. Because it combines a Broadway showgirl and uh, a meticulously rendered landscape with uh, your, your diorama in the frontage and your postcard vista in the package. Um, it's a uh, mountain greenery scenery thing. I'm a jig. And it's a beauty. Okay, and we're going to decide who it goes to. Now we've removed the previously drawn ball from the competition. Nobody's going to win twice. Not this time. We may do it in the future where we keep the same thing going and maybe somebody could get on a streak, you know. But right now, for these purposes, I, I, I'm trying to quell disorder. Um, trying to uh, prevent any uh, malfeasance or, or even the appearance of malfeasance. So here we go. Good luck to all participants as we turn the magic wheel and wait for the ball to drop. Okay. We have a winner. We have a winner. I-21. I-21. Who has I-21? Well, you don't know. Only I know. And this, right? Who trusts me, right? Well, you ought to trust me. I'm not doing this uh, on the, you know, the auspices of any kind of uh, administrative uh, authority uh, of any sort. This is all, uh, you know, this is all my benevolence. So uh, don't even freaking start with uh, the, the hurling the accusations. But let's see who I-21 belongs to. Holy smokes, it's Tom Simone. Tom Simone. Congratulations, Tom, and enjoy your dancing girl in woodland scene thing. We'll be back with the final contest of the evening after a little more music. Hill and to learn who is king and who made 
How many buckaroos have I had tonight? My friends, I couldn't tell you. Well, I could. I could sort of backtrack. Doesn't matter. Had a few. That was Leroy Vinegar doing that thing. Great jazz bassist and came to mind because of a previous cut, The Minutemen, King of the Hill. You know, love the Minutemen. I've always loved the Minutemen. Politically, we differ. But a great band. And Mike Watt, what a bassist. Uh, what a unique creator. Love Mike Watt. Great guy. And, you know, what Dee Boone is singing about there is uh, something that kind of transcends politics in a way and kind of speaks to politics directly. The King of the Hill, right? All these people who start these wars in which people die. A lot of people started wars in my lifetime. Pointless fucking wars. Wish there was an exception. Like, hmm, Trump? No, it couldn't be. Couldn't be Trump. Um, oh, never mind all that. Okay, it's time for the third and final of our drawings for the Buckaroo Holiday souvenir, the premier souvenir giveaway. All right, and this time we're dealing with a uh, atmospheric piece. This is uh, this is the uh, Vampire Totem. Let's call this one the Vampire Totem. We have a uh, we have an urban scene on the on the postcard backing, and um, in the foreground we have a menacing vampire type creature and a beautifully rendered, uh, colorful totem pole. This is um, this is great for those of you who uh, you know don't like the sort of uh, uh, you know uh, uh, pastoral uh, Mary and her lamb thing, nor the um, glitzy showbiz in the woods uh, thing. And you prefer totem poles and vampires. Okay, we've removed both previously selected balls to create a fresh and untainted contest. Oh, I forgot to close it. Okay, take two. Baby needs a new pair of shoes. Let's go. And, okay. Let me touch the little doohickey. You don't mind if I touch the little doohickey, do you? Okay. Hmm. Oh. N38. That's N38. Which corresponds to... Oh, boy. Ron McFarlane. Ron McFarlane. Oh, great. Swell. Canadian postage. (laughs) All right. Congratulations, Ron. Okay, now I'm going to arrange, uh, I guess, via email with uh, all three of you winners to get these wonderful prizes out to you. And uh, then we'll uh, prepare for the next one. I'm going to keep doing this. I want to. I want everybody to be rewarded for their support. Gloriously rewarded for their wonderful support. I'm sorry that we didn't have any female winners. I, you know, it's the luck of the draw, you know. I didn't intend the sausage party.
I'm currently talking to two different potential, uh, what, what do they call it, platforms, um, networks, uh, sources, I, I don't know, there's, um, you know, the, um, the whole situation with this podcast thing is that I can't count on these things existing as a free-balling devil-may-care. Which is really what I think I am. I think a lot of people would describe me as a free-balling devil-may-care. And here I am, um, without any protection against the copyright scumbags of the world, the cock-sucking copyright motherfuckers of the world, who uh, did my friend Ron Gomes show in. So I'm talking to uh, some West Coast and some East Coast people. I feel almost like... You know, Tupac or some shit like that, you know? And we're thinking about doing the new show. And my, I have some arcane problems with each possible uh, relocation. It ain't going to really matter much. I mean, but it is going to change soon. Um, probably within a couple of weeks. But it'll actually be cooler, for me anyway. Um, for you as the listener, I don't know. I'm trying to get a thing where we can still have the downloads, where we can still... Uh, to do it on a schedule that's not too uh, taxing so the, the quality doesn't start sucking all that it is possible that I could do some of the Buckaroo Holiday Extra shows expand that so that the Patreon people get all this other weirdness that isn't available and the other stuff could be could be something like that I'm, I'm going to have to keep them separate though because now you enter the world and, and the world is different than what you're used to at home doing your one-man little podcast thing. Now, I've been extremely lucky that a couple of really hip and nice people have reached out to me with solutions for this thing, and that's uh, something I'm grateful for. Now I'm going to talk about something else. As I record this, it's uh, well after midnight, September 11th, 2020. 9-11, and that's why I'm drinking... Well, I, I might be drinking anyway, but, you know. It's that date again. And, you know, the weeks that lead up to this date, I always start feeling really fucked up. And um, I don't quite recognize it. You know, there's like a, a, a tint falls over everything. And it isn't until something reminds you, whether it's a news report or somebody says something or whatever it is. You suddenly realize, oh, Christ, yeah, 9-11, right. It's that day again coming up, which helps because you suddenly say, oh, okay, you know, um, this nameless dread that I'm feeling has a an actual origin. But, uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, there are people in the world who hate the United States. They hate America. And they hate the people who live in America, and they hate the American dream. And they want to kill us, and given the chance, they will kill us. And they are trying every day to kill us. But enough about the Democratic Party, and enough about BLM. I'm going to talk to you instead about something that has sentimental value for you. And me. September 11th and the Islamic terror attacks of... 2001. The day that it happened, I remember like emailing people all over town. Hey, people, let me know when, when you're home. Let me know you're okay. Never occurred to me that anybody I loved was actually really a victim of this shit. 
and the day came and went and we watched the news all day was glued to the TV and then around 11 o'clock that night I got a call from my sister who at the time was somebody really important to me told me that uh, her son Peter who grew up with me as a little brother kind of uh, was uh, unaccounted for had been for hours Everything changed in that second and continued to change for years afterwards. Uh, needless to say, he was dead. He's crushed under Tower 2 while trying and succeeding at saving lives. Months later, we'd heard from people who he actually saved. Strange American moment when everybody temporarily came together in, in a daze. And the news organizations were not in their customary corners. They were all just like, uh, <laughs> you know, not knowing what to do or say. And um, by default, going to an instinctive um, American patriotism pose, which we all instinctively know is actually right. It's actually correct. It's the right way to think. But you can't stay there because there, uh, there are too many political positions to stake out and too many resentments to keep alive. And uh, you can't waste an opportunity to do that. So that started pretty quickly after the shock. Um, in a couple of days, you start hearing everybody take their corners and start preaching their bullshit about what this actually is and what it actually means and what we should actually be worried about. We were actually wondering whether Petey was still alive. I was hoping that he was trapped under a pile of rocks, breathing somewhere, and that we'd get a cell phone call or somebody would hear somebody breathing and save him. And we believed in these miracles that we thought they would happen. They didn't happen. He, uh, he was found in several chunks. He actually had two funerals, one for his... one for what was left of his body and... One for his leg, which was found later. Um, my parents collapsed into a despair that visibly dragged them under until they both died. My brother Brian re-upped on his drug addiction that he had fought for his whole life and succumbed finally until ultimately I found him on the floor of the family home covered with fentanyl patches uh, stiff as a board that's some of what happened that's some of what was lost in one family and it's some of the reason why um the hatred of police and the hatred of the country, the hatred of the president doesn't sit well with me. And uh, now you're rankling and getting your hackles up about that, maybe. And uh, if you if you are, fuck you, because this is not what that's about. And if I'm a little bit disappointing, think of how disappointing life can be. And spare a moment to think about how sometimes the things you hold most dearly might be wrong. You might be wrong. Think about it a little sometimes. Two hours and it's time to end the show. Please accept this as the prayer of a person who's been deeply fucking damaged by some uh, miserable shit and who sees more miserable shit on the horizon. 
and uh, can't do much more than what I'm doing now, which is all for fun when I can and truth when I think I have it. And I'm going to do the rest of the show in tribute to my nephew, Petey. The first thing I'm going to play is a Stephen Sondheim song that uh, we used to listen to when we were really pie-eyed. Uh, I think he took it as a bit of a credo. It's sung by Barbara Streisand, who I don't really care much for, but she did the best version of this, so we'll we'll do that. I don't really care much for Stephen Sondheim either, frankly, but whatever. It's a good song. It's an adaptation of a song from the show Sweeney Todd. And then a great song by Scott Walker that um, popped into my head the day we drove into Greenwood Cemetery to bury him. That expresses with uncanny accuracy what it's like to go through a day like that and what it's like to remember what preceded it, the life and love that preceded it. Then I'm going to play a song by our own Aaron Copeland, who you've heard a thousand times here and will hear again because I'm nuts about him. You might even have heard this song on here before. I'm playing it because it's the kind of song me and Pete used to play when we were drunk and we'd hold each other and weep. Think about the ones we'd lost and now I don't have him to hold anymore. Uh... And then I'm going to try to remember... An earlier September, because you have to remember, you know something? Grief becomes this um, gully by the side of the road, you know? It's like this ditch by the side of the road where you, as you're walking through life, and it gets bigger and bigger as you go. It just widens. Grief just becomes this rocky, deep gully um, that you try to avoid as you walk. You're aware it's there, you keep going. And you're on this path. You're just walking straight through your life to wherever it goes. You're not... It shouldn't be that complicated. It makes perfect sense. You just keep going. And your experience of life is what it is. And things come and they go. And that gully keeps growing. That ditch keeps stretching out in all directions. And your ability to walk the road you're on starts to shrink. And your road gets a little sketchier. And... It gets harder to avoid that grief. And then one day you're going to fall down there. That's how I see life. Right now we're still walking. The grief is still to the side. And um, thanks for walking with me a little bit, even if you think I'm a dick. Thank you. So I'm going to post this while it's fresh and I'm still drunk and I don't rethink it. And this is for you, Pete. I love you. I don't care 
others can desert you Not to worry, whistle, I'll be Yeah. 
madly pressed and worn Like a child I don't hear a word he's saying Hang on To the pine trees and the snow Reach out Grab the memories that are left For your hand They'll help you get by for a while Such a small love Such a little tear Is this all that's left On your cheeks so pale Oh, my God. 